after uh, suffering seven years in the robotics field with the with the robots of today, I decided to to found a new company and uh, to just change these things, uh, which I I thought uh, they need to be changed in a, as, as soon as possible. I was working uh, with uh, collaborative robots, industrial robots, also. Um, with AGVs and AMRs and I saw everywhere still a very huge gap uh, in the robotics between for example uh, cobots and industrial robots uh, so they don't complete each other they have both uh, like advantages and disadvantages that's one thing and the other is really like bringing co uh, collaborative robots into the field or like automotive aerospace medical wherever and using the the, the advantage of being collaborative um, I saw there like a huge gap still because um, you need a lot of risk assignments. You need uh, to change a lot around the robot to make the robot really be useful. And uh, my thinking is that we shouldn't change the world around the robot. We should just change the robot. So, and that was uh, why I started that. <laughs> In this podcast, I'm sharing my passion and curiosity for soft robotics, where we share inspiring stories about the work we do and how we can push the limit. I am Mara Dweeney, and this is Soft Robotics Podcast. Support for this show comes from Science Robotics Journal. I really find Science Robotics to be a great resource for reliable and tangible research where we can really push the limit of the science we do in robotics. Great way to stay up to date with the published article is checking out the released monthly issue. All the links will be included in each episode description. We will also happen to have a regular conversation on the most published science robotic articles where also you can contribute with your question and thoughts about the research. Thanks Science Robotics for sponsoring Soft Robotics Podcast. Hello David, uh, thanks so much for joining us podcast. Uh, such an honor to have you here. So, if you can just to briefly introduce who you are for the audience, maybe first time listening to you. Yeah, uh, hi, I'm, I'm David, um, CEO and founder of Neurobotics. Um, yeah, um, I have actually a great goal and vision uh, to, to bring robotics into the next level by, because I was, uh, before I started Neura, I was also racing three other tech companies in the field of robotics and 3D printing. And um, uh, after uh, suffering seven years in the robotics field with, a, with the robots of today, I decided to, to found a new company and uh, to just change these things, uh, which I've, I thought uh, they need to be changed in a, as, as soon as possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what kind of suffering? Yes, I was working uh, with uh, collaborative robots, industrial robots, also um, with AGVs and AMRs, and I saw everywhere still a very huge gap uh, in the robotics between, for example, uh, cobots and industrial robots. Uh, so they don't complete each other. They have both uh, like advantages and disadvantages. That's one thing. And the other is really like bringing co uh, collaborative robots into the field or like automotive, aerospace, medical, wherever, and using the, the, the advantage of being collaborative, um, I saw there like a huge gap still because um, 
you need a lot of risk assignments. You need uh, to change a lot around the robot to make the robot really be useful. And uh, my thinking is that we shouldn't change the world around the robot. We should just change the robot. So, and that was uh, why I started that. <laughs> and the other part is um, robots until now are all programmed. They're not autonome. So they're, they're just doing that, what is programmed. And um, we are not all of us are programmers. And I think it has to get into the next level where we just make robots cognitive, uh, understand the environment and to react on the environment, how the environment ever looked like. It doesn't matter. And that's actually the main goal of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll ask you when you have seven years, uh, maybe the missing pieces to make sure the robots are cognitive. If you can tell us now, recently speaking, and you have newer now, what's still maybe challenging or maybe something still not really fully considered when it comes to the cognition and intelligence in the cobot design or ground robots, ground vehicle robots as you already developed in the company, but what's still missing, do you think, in the future? Um, I think what, what's missing we will accomplish, actually. So it's the one device thinking, because until now, uh, I, I think uh, the main issue we have is that we separate the robot from all the sensors and we bring them like additionally into every application. But in real, it's the same with a smartphone uh, where we just learned out of it or bring everything inside one device and make it uh, smart. And then uh, that's the only way to actually make it possible. The other big part, which is really missing, I would say, is um, the the understanding of everyone and also the, uh, yeah, the data security stuff. And this is actually... Uh, one thing which uh, which we also took as an advantage right now. So we made uh, our robots right now, they are not online, they're really offline, still smart enough to do all these applications, but it, it gives us still uh, some limitations. And, and that's actually the next big thing, uh, how to make it safe uh, in the data security uh, safety I'm talking about, and still being like smart and get how to say it, um, learn out of every situation in a very fast way. Because we are somehow limiting the robot world by not putting them into the cloud. Uh, but still, uh, everything we accomplish now, it's, it's crazy. Nobody else can ever do it uh, with these limitations. Um, but I think in the future, we should be even more open to clouds or new, uh, maybe, um, how to say it, ways of uh, computing power inside the device, yeah. maybe like edge computing, and that's uh, something, the next challenge. But we are also working on it with several partners. Yeah. Great. So I find this very interesting that you have three robots, Maeve and Mera and Laura, that's right, the names. Why did you choose this variety? Maybe the, the names first. It's just uh, interesting that you choose these names. Uh, maybe you can explain. And also, it's very fascinating that if you try to solve a problem, but seem, I don't know how do you see the problem from cobot to, for example, ground vehicles, autonomous ground vehicles. Can you tell us about why choose to choose this problem in your company and, yeah, maybe the names first and why choose this different aspect? Um. Yeah, let's talk about the names. <laughs> uh, the names, yeah, the names have to be beautiful and somehow have to have a sense or so, uh, have to make sense, let's say like that. Um, and, and that's why we call Myra is a multi-sensing 
uh, intelligent robotic assistant, and that's why like M for multi-sensing, uh, AI like for for smart, and um, um, robotic assistant uh, like RNA. So that's how we put the name together. Before we had another name, it was just M-I-R-A, but it was already in one country already saved uh, for another company. So that's why we just changed it in a very quick way. Um, but Lara, for example, Light Agile Robotic Assistant, so simple, light, it tells everything, it's also a beautiful name. And MEF, it's, uh, it's more, it has a deeper, <laughs> because we have even a MEF, uh, the head of software in our team, we call him MEF, uh, is a maverick, <laughs> and we call him MEF, and um, we just um, like the name also for the AGV and also fits and uh, for the AMR and AGV, uh, so mobile autonomous uh, vehicle, uh, like autonomous vehicle, and so that's why MEF or yeah. Um, why did we make this portfolio? And uh, from the first day, uh, right away with three of them, because uh, first of all, um, we are. I made robots already for several, like about over 10 years. So it was very simple for, uh, to develop and, and super low cost, uh, lightweight, and also uh, a very good cobalt arm. Um, because, and that's why we just did it <laughs> at the same time, because we know that cognitive robots, they will still uh, need some time to be also accepted. Uh, from the market, that's actually a new era, so it will uh, take some time, people will uh, have a question that people will uh, need to, uh, some time to get used to that. So this is why we have actually Lara as a super lightweight fast track, just going into the market from the first day and just selling them and having a return. Uh, in the same time, we are uh, having Myra, which is the next layer, like the, it's the next generation robot. Uh, which we believe in. So it means it's it's the only, uh, from our thinking, uh, like point of view, it's like actually that in the future we will never go around like in cognitive robot. Uh, it will be the next big thing and uh, we are proving it actually with this uh, Myra uh, already in the industrial fields, also medical fields and whatever. And uh, meth, because we believe that just having a smart arm or uh, even just a light weight robot arm is not accomplishing everything. We are also, as humans, uh, made in a perfect way by being mobile. And, and that's why we thought uh, it's also right from the first day already working into this field that we can make our robots in the future also mobile. We can use them as a standalone, also very fast track to market. Um, we have them developed in a very short time also. And, uh, but now working on the cognitive mobile robots and that's actually uh, also taking uh, time, but also we will present very soon some really new uh, combinations of it. Yeah. Great. So I would like to ask you about the design, because I think the design is also very interesting and quite fancy, but about the functionality as well. And I assume that you try to combine both design aspect and functionality. And how is it challenging for you? Maybe I won't ask you, in the process, there's something, maybe mistakes or lessons that... Maybe if you can share and um, yeah, that's something bring new perspective in the design and also functionality. Because I think it's very interesting. You try, I assume that you try to combine both in the design. Yeah. I think uh, through collaborative robots, we already try to get closer to humans. So the design aspect is is, is there. Uh, it's very important also. Um, and 
I think um, with cognitive robots, we will go even closer to humans and, and have like an even interaction with the human like every day. So it means we will talk to the robot, we will gauge, we will show the robot what actually needs to be done and see robot more as a really helper assistant. And we believe that um, the design is a very huge part of it. And uh, I think this is also all the other companies uh, before us, like Apple or um, like Tesla, they, are also have, uh, they also have this design thinking. And I think also even in the industrial field, it will um, be even more and more a super huge advantage and also like just more, how to say it, um, I feel more comfortable uh, with an, a nice designed robot as an assistant, uh, like than just something which looks like a, a piece of metal. Or and um, so and also, I think the trust, getting more trust into the robots, that they will not kill us. They are actually there to support us and help us. And uh, I think this is why, yeah, design was from always the most important, one of the most important parts um, by creating new uh, robot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe I want to ask again about the cobots, the actuation and sensing. And I think also I saw your videos explain about that interesting feature about safety, if we speak about human safety detection. On a, maybe that's interesting, Bart. Uh, maybe if you can tell us what be advancement if you try to increase the level of cognition in the cobot, for example. What would be possibilities in the motors, design, and actuation and sensing uh, part? Um, yeah, that's actually, I think uh, the safety part uh, is uh, one of our uh, major advantages of Neura because uh, from the first day we're, we're, we're considering safety as the, the topic number one uh, because we believe going closer to humans we need to put more safety in because we cannot just consider that yeah if it's happened it happens or whatever and until now there is a lot of norms which are telling exactly how to use robots how close can we go to them that's actually the huge biggest issue and the biggest challenge i had before so i did cobots which were just uh, force reduced for example and um, and the the the, uh, the interesting part was that robots have to consider all all the time that there is a human next to them. And that's why we are, cobots are super unproductive and super slow. And also you have to do a lot of risk assignments to really let an, a collaborative robot um, work as a collaborative robot. Mostly we are using them just in the cooperative part by adding a lot of sensor around to make sure that there is no accident. Uh, and and that's what that, that bothered me a lot because 95% uh, of all applications in the collaborative fields are not used properly and also are actually against the norms or not even used as a, a collaborative robot. And, and that's why uh, I thought I need to change something and we developed actually from the first day already a sensor to make the robot be as smart that the robot knows when there is a human or there is no human uh, close to. So... And I think this is actually the, the biggest game changer in the robotics field because until now, everyone who is announcing they're bringing robots into homes, robots into uh, like even factories, uh, closer to humans, more AI inside, whatever, uh, they will get one day a very huge issue by uh, facing this, the safety issue. <laughs> or because then they will realize, oh man, I developed now all this cool stuff, but I cannot use it. I cannot bring it into homes. And that's actually the main reason what I say, uh, the main reason why we don't have robots at home is actually the safety part. It's not just um, the fear of the humans, it's more, it's more 
there is no solution for that because robots until now don't know what's a human. So they can simply, if they have uh, enough power to help a human, so it means if they have payloads, um, then they can also kill a human and they can also hurt a human. And so this is why um, we believe we are the only one worldwide uh, which can actually go into your households and go into fields where we close directly, uh, where we work directly with humans, because we are the only one worldwide which made a sensor which can actually distinguish humans from other objects and also react on that. Uh, in as a and everything what we do is actually dual channel, uh, so redundant and also uh, diverse. So every decision will never be wrong. There will never be a wrong decision of a robot. And that's actually th something we made sure. And that's also why we are super confident that we are the company which are going faster into every home or really working next to humans in every kind of fields uh, than any other company in the world. Mm -hmm. Great. Maybe also I, th I find interesting in the design of the cobalt uh, and neural uh, about zero force, zero force of gravity. I think that's kind of form of physical intelligence. Maybe I'm I don't know, I, I, I can assume it's kind of physical intelligent, and I, I, I would like to explain more because I think it's a very cool feature uh, embedded also in the cobalt you developed here. Um, yeah, how do we do it? Uh, so we have actually an, an force torque sensor in every each axis so that we know exactly when you like simply touch somewhere on the robot, we know exactly where you touched the robot and with how much force is you applied on the robot. It's more... Uh, to just have like all the information and never squeeze somebody or whatever. That's one part of it. Uh, but we also have in our, uh, we developed our, the first um, super low cost force torque sensor, which we have like on a TCP part. So it means on the front where you have the hand, for example, or a gripper on. And uh, this is for six degrees of freedoms. And it's the first and only really affordable one because until now we know like all these companies like I don't want to mention them now but they're uh, they're good they're doing great job they have like the, the gain strain related versions uh, but in our part we just made a super low cost with just much more flexibility and also how to say it um, advantages if you compare it and uh, so it's also included in every robot we are we are created uh, so we have Torque sensors and force torque sensors on every robot to be able to feel. Yeah. Maybe I want to ask you if there's maybe controversy or disagreement in the way of the design uh, or embedding the functionality in the cobalt. Do you have any encounterment like disagreement or you disagree with approach maybe in the market about the cobalt design? This is not the, maybe the right way. I believe that what I'm doing and you uh, yeah, that's something I'm, I don't know if you have it. Yeah, um, yes, uh, like if you look at Myra, for example, the, the cognitive robot which we offer um, is, uh, is different made. It has a different uh, setup. It looks a little bit different and it has a sense behind, yes. Uh, so uh, we have a double bearing concept because especially in this Axis 2 and Axis 4, it's a 7 of robot, uh, to have actually not um, uh, like much more stiffness, even using a, still an aluminum structure. Um, we have um, the whole robot setup is also made like that, that we can use a six or seven of robot as the same robot. So we are just leaving the third axis in or out and we have a six or seven of robot. So it's super unique if you compare it to others. And um, I think the whole structure on itself is different because uh, we are all experts and we, we are the only one uh, right now in the, also in the robotics fields with the accuracies we have 
um, um, if you compare us to every robot in the whole world, we are much more accurate than others uh, by, by firstly using uh, secondary encoders, uh, which are, we also develop by ourselves. So there's, we have about 25 bits encoders in every axis. Uh, and also um, by using an, an amazing structure, which has a super, uh, how to say it, um, uh, by temperature change, we have an, a super linear behavior of the, uh, the ex, uh, how, ex, uh, how do you call it, temperature extension or, ex, uh, yeah. So the change by temperature, we are super linear. That's why we are calculating out in a, in a perfect way. Uh, we can do a lot with our software. Um, I think our, everything we thought, so that's, that's I think the special part, is when we started developing these robots, I did already develop a lot of robots before. So, and I had, and I think every engineer worldwide uh, is, is made like that. So if you develop something and if you're ready with that, you, you're mostly not satisfied. So you will think, okay, next time I'm getting the chance to build a robot again, I would do it differently. I would do it better. I would do it uh, in a different way. And that's exactly what we did. Like I did seven years of robot development and uh, the seven years of uh, doing industrial robots, cobots, um, I had a lot of ideas. How would I do it differently next time? And that was the big wish list. And the amazing part is when we started here, we started from zero again. So I could put just a wish list on the wall and say, hey, Guys, we have to do the robot faster than any robot in the world. We have to do more accurate than any robot in the world. We have to do it like more sensitive than any robot in the world. And cognitive, the first cognitive robot in the world. So, and, and that was the goal. So for sure, when we started, we started with 12 persons. So 12 engineers, we were all only developers. And uh, everyone, I think, thought uh, this guy is going crazy. Uh, it's not possible to be better in everything from the first day. And, uh, but we did it and we made it in the, sh in the most record time, I think, every, um, ever somebody can do it because we, uh, we had a very clear goal. Seven months after founding the company, we have the first robot uh, prototype, like fully functional with all these functionalities which we I uh, on the wish list. Um, we said one year after founding the company, we, uh, we sent the first robots out to customers, and, uh, but we did it even in 10 months. And, and that's why uh, I think we have there even accomplished exactly that. It's a super unique how we build the robot. Uh, it's super unique what sensors we use inside the robot. And also like the abilities, the cognitive abilities which we have in the robot. So, and yeah, that's actually just put all together. <laughs> Yeah, that's really impressive. Maybe I want to ask you now, because I think this is a huge responsibility for, yeah, especially in robotics. What's something still you stay up late every day that's thinking? Is it a technological part or just letting people, yeah, maybe to more acceptance to the robot, for example? I'm just making up. I don't know what's really challenging aspect, because I, I hear a lot of people saying that maybe you make a, a really fascinating robot that maybe doesn't work, doesn't... It doesn't fulfill the needs exactly. I, I think you understand what I mean since you suffer for seven years. And it's not easy. It is not easy. And I think what you do is impressive. So what's still, yes, every day you're thinking about this thing is very challenging yet. Um, the, I think the biggest challenge um, uh, to bring robots in every household, for example, that's our goal. So we, our big goal is that one day everyone has a robot as an accessory in every home and also as a useful assistant. Um, 
the biggest challenge I would say is the pricing uh, thing because we can do like the craziest systems, but if they are not affordable, nobody will ever buy them. So, and that's also one of the biggest challenge we are working on is uh, making robots amazingly good in performance, uh, in also make them like uh, pretty good, like also like how they look like, how they but still also being super affordable. Like it means like a pricing of like maybe an e-bike or something where, where we can say, okay, like 3,000, 3,500 like that. Uh, in, um, I'm talking about euros, dollars, it doesn't matter. And, um, and that's actually the biggest challenge we have. And um, right now, I, I, I still think that's one of the biggest challenges. Still keeping performance, but also giving, uh, getting like a, breaking this barrier of pricing and um, and that's what we are from the first day are concentrating on that's why we do a lot of sensors uh, like uh, motors everything we do by ourselves even own gearbox uh, which we develop um, just to to be one day the robot uh, which everyone can just afford uh, worldwide and still having um, this look and feel and uh, performance that's a good point, yeah. Maybe I want to ask you about the risk, since I think your story about doing something in not traditional way, how do you view risk, especially if you're on the market? So is it something concerning to you when you try to push the limit of the street robots you're doing? Or if you can just highlight the way of thinking about taking risk and ideas, for example. Yes. Uh, I would I say, like, if you really want to change something, you need to risk. And um, I think uh, the risk give you like a new opportunities. And also uh, I think you will just, you need just to have like the team for that. Like you can, uh, like if you have a team, which, which are uh, like, uh, how to say it, uh, which will not go through also harder times where things are not working, then better don't risk. Or, <laughs> but if you, if you have a great team and if you believe like in really all in one thing, it's like changing the world with robots and bringing robots closer to humans and, and find a way for that, uh, then you're touching exactly the things which everyone tells you to not touch, you know? Uh, so, and this is exactly what, what happened actually to us, Neura, and also to me personally, like the people all were questioning, why do you take the risk and leaving a company where you just established it, where you were successful already with the robots, simply because we want to change something. First risk, uh, personal risk. But later, like when you're starting a company, and you're getting money, the first money from investors, you're also not allowed to risk it. So the investor will tell you, hey, do exactly what you learned before, don't risk it. And, and then you have to take the decision again. Where we did the, uh, the decision that we would just risk it again. And we did, and we made it successfully. And how did we do it? Very simple. Everyone right now, and that's actually the, the whole uh, difference from us to all the other robot suppliers in the worldwide. Every robot suppliers is taking uh, sensors, motors, gearboxes, everything like out of some boxes or somewhere of some suppliers where everyone takes the, uh, the sensors from. How can you be better than the others if you're using the same uh, stuff? You know, so it's uh, so you can do a little bit of software. Yes, okay, but that's not a very uh, bring a big change into robotics. So this is why we we decided from the first day we developed our own. Uh, sensors for uh, positioning, for example, like encoder technology, 
but you need also to make it smart. So it means you, you don't risk it by not having any knowledge and just build it somehow. No, it's not. You're, you're taking the right person for that, which you believe in. Say, like, with this person, we will just go through this risk, right? In the same time, we did it, like, for the motors. We did it for the full stock sensor. We did it, like, for, for everything what makes us faster than any robot in the world, more accurate, more, uh, more sensitive, or more intelligent is like own development, because then you're only sure that you will stay also advanced to all the others in the world uh, for some time. Because if you're taking out of the box, everyone can take out of the box. So this is why uh, you should risk, you should change if you want to. I think that uh, especially you need to make decisions in which field you're doing this risk. Right? We all know that robotics will be the next big thing. So you should risk it there. You should not uh, like maybe now risk it again in the automotive field because there is now the Tesla doing their risk already and they have like a huge power behind. But maybe in the robotics field where we see over time there was not big risk. And that's why it was staying for 50 years in the same place. But now we have to do it and that's why we did it. And, yeah. That's excellent. Maybe a few questions left. I want to ask you what other aspect of cognition, you know, speaking cobalt, do you think still need to be explored in the market? If we speak about cognition, what is maybe the false potential that you, when you sit and think, maybe that's the missing aspect in cognition, or maybe I wish to enhance this aspect in co of cognition in cobots or robotics? Um, I think um, at, at the first time uh, for us was the hearing, seeing, feeling, and reacting and thinking, like the first... Uh, the first uh, cognitive part which we concentrate on and uh, and that's also something uh, we, we we are super good in i think uh, the next is actually <laughs> like this uh, the, the how to say it uh, the prediction of things this is the biggest uh, i think ability and that's something where we judge on good assistance or like if we say like if you personally think about your assistant, like how would you judge on your assistant? Or mostly um, if I talk about a very good assistant, I will talk about, hey, uh, the assistant is looking forward. It's, it's making decision. I don't have to think uh, that it, it, everything is already prepared. I don't have to say something. It's always there. That's a good assistant. If you talk about a bad assistant, you always think you have to tell everything 10 times. You have to uh, tell it every time, new again, even the person did it already before, the assistant did it before, or whatever. So this is how you judge. And that's exactly the main how the, uh, cognitive ability which, and also the ability of a robot which we need to have a good assistant, accepted assistant in every home. And that's what we are mostly working on. Or it's like having first the abilities of seeing, hearing, and feeling, and then now using this um this this uh, like uh, how to say it uh, disabilities and also the senses um and uh, putting uh, like a combining with ai to being able to predict things learn things understand things in a very simple way and that's i think the biggest challenge also because our brain human brain is like perfectly made and to just reconstruct that one um yeah it's like yeah. <laughs> it's something i think um uh, it needs some time uh, we can yeah. do like we can always concentrate on little parts, and that's how we do it. So we let the robot uh, being like responsible, for example, for cleaning work, and then you can just concentrate on that. But in the same time, 
like we humans are made, that we think also about all these other things around, it's, it's not so easy. So that's why uh, we make it step for step, but um, it's a huge challenge still, yes. Yeah, maybe a quick question about the user interface because I think that's also a very important aspect. Uh, for example, in server driving cars, there is some user interface not really intuitive and really annoying. And I think this really important aspect how you have this intuitive user interface for lay people that you can do anything with the robot. Can you just about the user interface? Because I think it's very important, yeah. I, th I, call, I call user interfaces like, uh... The interface or how to how to how to use something and how do we uh, we are humans are also used uh, to just simply talk to each other in a natural like uh, way and also to gesture to uh, to show something by pointing or something whatever and and that's actually the first user interface which we implemented in our cognitive robots so you can simply talk and gesture things. Um, make a small example. That's also something which I can show you right, uh, like when you visit us. <laughs> like I will simply go to Myra and say, hi Myra. Uh, she will ask me, okay, what can I do for you? Uh, and then I will just tell, take this glass and put it in here inside. And she will understand that. And she will just do this. Exactly this what you're told. And she will do it all the time. If you say, now repeat. And uh, that's one way. Yes, uh, that's the, the best way, I think. And it's also something where the people are more <laughs> impressed when they see Myra. And then they, the first time, understand what cognitive abilities uh, she has. But in the same time, uh, you can also use <laughs> like a standard tablet uh, teach pendant uh, where you simply have a graphical user interface. It's also something we humans adapt more and more by not talking to each other, but just using smartphones, sorry. <laughs> and that's also one way of communicating with her um, um, just in a very simple way. So we have everything graphical, user interface, drag and drop, just simply uh, having pictures. She uh, gives us like a feedback or, uh, or give us only one way and ask us questions to accomplish them. So that's one. But I believe in the future that we will not have uh, these interfaces uh, a lot. Uh, it's more about doing something super complicated or whatever, which the robot needs to learn. Um, I think there we can use interfaces uh, like that. But in the future, I believe in a natural interaction by voice control, by um, gesture control, and also like all the vision uh, possibilities we have of the robot. Because I believe, and that's actually the, 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 the crazy part where I say no robot right now is really autonomous. Even you see like the craziest videos in a, uh, somewhere from all the top companies I don't want to mention again, um, you, will, you will actually figure out behind the scene they were programmed. So, and, and that's mm. the biggest challenge we have. And that's actually something we change as Neura is that our robots are not programmed. They understand things. They, they just do them by the understanding. And, and a simple explanation for that, if you look into your house, uh, you will never find the exact same way of cleaning things or whatever. It's like, um, or every day things changing, you need to adapt, you need to react, you need to, and that's why we don't have um, uh, robots which can really help us in our households. And, and I don't believe that everyone has the skills of really programming the robots. So that's why you simply tell the robot what to do or the robot has to react on itself by predicting things, understanding things. Right. So maybe I want to ask you what a potential customer for you are, what you're targeting for, if you can just 
elaborate who are your potential people that like for these three roles? We are right now launching like an, uh, a new uh, ecosystem uh, which we call Neuroverse. And, uh, and there we have like se um, dif uh, different layers of, I don't call them customers, partners, uh, because we are not, um, we are not really working with end customers, for example, because we are not going to, uh, we are not um, going directly there and solving something. It's more about we, we are using the already networks, which are already there, and also working with partners together, which have already like a concern, an issue, which they never could automate or never could do with the standard robots of today. Uh, to make an explanation, um, I can unfortunately not really um, name a lot of them because I, I need to be confidential because we are also presenting this new reverse in June uh, on the Automatica. It's more about um, having already like uh, markets, for example, in the labor automation industry. So here we are cooperating with the number one of this field by just making things possible which were never possible before and they have already the channels or how to get the robots out through their channels and at the same time we are working for example with one in the metrology field which know exactly until now there was no maybe autonomous robot arms uh, which can also measure the same way uh, in a very accurate way for example um, this is also something which we can solve with our robots, because they are about 10 times more accurate than any robot in the world. And then, uh, so we are reaching their accuracies like six microns of the robot arm. And um, so you can use it for, for, for measurement devices or metrology fields. So, uh, and these are actually, so we have the technology partners, which are developing on our platform. So this is actually what we call New Reverse, it's like the platform to advance humanity. It's more about um, building with them systems with always the same core thinking, robot, AI, um, sensors, and, and making things possible which were not possible uh, before. All right. So that's the thing. It's like one layer and then we have also the next layer where we also work with um, others call them, for example, competitors. Uh, and we are working there because we have already advanced sensors we have advanced robots uh, than others, and but we are not in this size, and also we, we are not as like as uh, we, we think different in every uh, company in the world. We just say, hey, we are we are not competing. We are cooperating. Our goal is to advance humanity. Our uh, goal is to bring robots in every home. To do this, we need to have like partners for that, which are already in this field for many many years. And we can support them by bringing our sensors in their fields, by bringing our AIs to their robots. By, by, so this is how we actually cooperate and that's why we are also very successful. I think we don't have competitors, we don't have foes, we only have friends and that's actually the whole thing because our main goal is to change something and serve humanity. That's, that's really awesome. Maybe that's the question, what makes you fulfilled and if there is an advice you can give or maybe give it to in this process and you think really important advice and also it makes you fulfilled as well. Yeah, yeah like I, I can just talk like about my personal feeling and also which I think it's important to get this change uh, into the world is actually that we do something where we don't uh, really, uh, how to say it, um, yeah, change the mindset of, of uh, the society of today because if you look in the, in the future we will see that 
robots will come to every homes. A robot goes everywhere, so we need to have set some rules. We need uh, to to also uh, how to say it, to accomplish a lot of uh, different how to say challenges. And I just think um, that yeah, our our time right now is too short to just build or uh, how to say it, to uh, compete to uh, like a copy or to whatever to like to have this competition like a weird competition how it is like the past uh, years i think we should stick our hands together because the market's super huge and also we have a lot of things to accomplish and uh, so my personal goal is to have like a very big impact uh, with our uh, technologies which we are developing to to make the world a better place to give humans more time to uh, to just change our mindset in that of uh, really just having super hard work or whatever and then feeling good through that. It's more about um, like maybe finding new ways of, of getting payments, of uh, filling up the retirements force or like it's, I think there is ways with robotics and we should use and we should work on and we should think all together about it. And, and that's what, um, yeah. Uh, but it's not really an advisor. It's just a mindset um, which which I personally live and also which I wish that I have more people around me and also companies around us uh, which are thinking like that and bringing the real change to the world and make the world a better place in the short period of time which we are living. Because, I mean, the time is fast running by and we should change something, yes. Yes, um, I would love to invite everyone to Automatica uh, in, in June in Munich. It's, uh, it's a trade show. And we will first time really uh, show what we actually worked on. So it's not just building robots. Uh, it's actually the whole ecosystem, how we believe uh, uh, it should look like. And also we will present our partner networks. And we, we invite like everyone who wants to change the world and also do something crazy and uh, think about things which were not possible today and uh, just make it possible with us together. So we invite everyone. Uh, it's in June, I think, 21st. Um, um, uh, and yeah, I think it's worth to go there and to see something crazy, which we will present. That's actually something. And yes, you feel free to just contact us and our team. If you're looking for an amazing job, for example, <laughs> uh, we have right now a lot of openings. We are... Uh, super happy about um, uh, yeah people with a great mindset so we invite everyone